The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance. We're so happy that you guys are here with us again. Another Friday, another week of shows. Uh, in wrapping ourselves up here with another edition of the Work-Life Balance. We had a fantastic week again. Uh, our, our Squared family is growing, uh, so we're excited to announce the addition of Mike Stevens uh, is joining us here at uh, R Squared Consulting. So we wanted to give a big shout-out to Mike Stevens. Uh, crazy story there. Mike Stevens was the best man in my wedding. And just a few short months ago, was in carpool and happened to look over and see that uh, Mike Stevens was in carpool. And uh, we got out and, and embraced each other and said hello. And just a few conversations later, he's now joined uh, the company at R Squared. So we couldn't be happier. More to come about that. But uh, very, very excited to see our team grow at R Squared Consulting. Very happy to have Mike Stevens join us. And you'll, you'll hear a lot more about that. Um, this week was kind of subdued, man. Really didn't have to, to travel anywhere, do a whole lot. Um, was was lucky to be in, in town quite a bit, um, so we didn't have to go anywhere or do a whole lot, but I did get a chance to go and do that speech at Toastmasters. So some people on Facebook Live that uh, to follow me uh, saw me did a little, uh, do a little bit of a uh, teaser to that, but 20 years ago, uh, when I decided I really wanted to start it to, to pursue a path of public speaking, I started with a club called Toastmasters, and it was a club called Vulcan Voices uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. And Toastmasters, for those people that really don't know much about the organization, they help you organize your thoughts and help you teach or help teach you. Sorry, here I am talking about how to become a public speaker and can't even organize my thoughts right now. So they'd be very proud of me at the moment. But what Toastmasters does is is help you organize your thoughts and teach you public speaking. And and there's a very regimented program. They do a, a great job of making sure that every person that attends gets a chance to practice public speaking. So a lot of people that ask me about public speaking, they the a lot of people have the same concern or fear. They say, I have a fear of public speaking. How do you get up there and do that? And a lot of the answers are the same. In the sense that I don't think, you know, I think there are some people that just absolutely have a fear of public speaking, but I think a lot of the fear is just a lack of opportunity or a lack of trial uh, of public speaking. I think a lot of people need to have the opportunity to be able to try to public speak uh, and and have chances to just really get out there and try uh, to to perform and try to uh, organize their speeches and, and put their thoughts down. And, and what Toastmasters does is they they have a a program in which you can do ten speeches uh, to become a certified Toastmaster. But then at every 
uh, club meeting, they also have something called table topics, which is when you when you get there, there's a table topic master and they will give you a quick topic and it can be about anything. And then you're supposed to speak for anywhere between one to two minutes about the topic that they gave you. And, and that's really to help you become better at, at just, you know, parties or uh, when you run into an executive or just any kind of meeting when you're put on to the, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're put on the spot. So what's really cool about Toastmasters is it gives you skills in order to organize your thoughts and become better at public speaking. So I joined this club 20 years ago, and I told the story last week, but I ran into the gentleman who was my original mentor, and he asked me what I was up to, and I told him about the books and No Day But Today and public speaking, and so he asked me to come back to the club, and I did a speech for them this past week, and it was fantastic. And I it ended up derailing the meeting. I had no intention of doing that, but it turned into a tons of Q&A about, you know, how do you get into speaking? How do you market? How do you do all that kind of stuff? So it was so much fun. Had a great time with them. Uh, upcoming events for us will be in Nashville next week. We'll be visiting some clients. Just booked the radio show or television show called Moving America Forward. So we'll be with Doug Llewellyn and uh, William Shatner. Uh, is going to be profiling us and our squared on moving America forward. So there'll be a lot more announcements around that, uh, around No Day But Today and, and our squared consulting. Uh, we'll be coming back to South Carolina here shortly. Uh, we just booked an event in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, which we're so excited because I think we're going to detour and be able to catch uh, Wayne Brady in Hamilton in Chicago. So we're working on that. Uh, we'll be in Orlando in March uh, with the John Maxwell team. Uh, and then we've got some uh, additional events coming up back here in Birmingham, Alabama, as well as a big conference that we just booked in Tampa, Florida. So a lot more events coming uh, that we'll talk to you guys about. But today, the topic I really wanted to cover was around uh, a big word for me and, and one that I'm struggling with, not personally, but but one to teach, uh, and that's accountability. Uh, accountability is is one of my favorite words to teach not only not only organizations, but back here at home trying to teach my kids. And it's a big word, right? It's a big word. It's it's a word I think that drives a lot of people's both success and failure. And accountability, I think, is what really kind of makes or breaks a lot of people in their careers as well as their relationships. So I, I want to ask a few questions just to kind of set the stage. And these are some introspective questions. And, and I didn't write these. They, they actually come from an organization uh, that that wrote uh, a great book. It, it came, came from John Miller. It was one of the first books that I really read around personal accountability called QBQ or the question behind the question. Uh, and, and I was given this book a long time ago. And it was one of my favorite books around personal accountability. Uh, but there's a lot of introspective questions that you can ask yourself. And, and so I wanted to ask a few and, and just start to get you thinking around that term of personal accountability. And so the first one is, do you spend more time whining or working? And is it is do you spend more time kind of complaining about the stuff that you have to do, or do you just spend more time, you know, kind of pinning your ears back and going after it? Do you more often procrastinate or push forward? And, and one of the biggest ones, especially in, in this whole social media space around Facebook and Twitter, uh, and we're seeing a lot more of this, especially in the millennials, are you more envious of others' achievements um, or are you eager to emulate them and learn? And I, I had a great guest on here uh, about three or four weeks ago, and he talks about the Facebook effect. And one of the first things a lot of people are doing is when they roll out of bed or right before they go to bed, 
they pull up Facebook and, and it's called Facebook envy. They've, they've got a word for it now. And people scroll through Facebook and they're like, oh, look at them. They're, they're in Vegas or, oh, look at them. They're at this concert or, oh, look, I want to do that. And, and there's this new depression that's starting to hit people because they're scrolling and they're looking at everybody else's perfect life and, and, and they, they want to, to be that person. But then what ends up happening is it, it kind of dejects them. And so the question becomes is are you envious of others' achievements or, you, or does that drive you forward and do you become eager to emulate them and, and learn from them or does that just kind of you know, depress you? Another question is do you live an entitled life or are you excited to learn in your own way? Now, one that, that I really, I, you know, and you can see this in other people. When you, when you work with people, you know, when you have kids or whatever, you can see this in other people. But do you tend to point fingers or do you tend to solve the problem? And I'll tell you the phrase that drives me nuts, both in, in business and in personal lives. The, the, the one that drives me nuts more than anything, it's not my fault, is not my fault. Or... But, you know, what, why, why are you blaming me? They, they did it too. Though, oh, you, you want to talk about phrases that fire me up as a boss or as a father. Those, those kill me, right? And, and when we start to talk about, yeah, but what were you accountable for? What, what choice did you make? What, what, where did you, you know, make the decision? Yeah, yeah, but, th- but they did it too. Yeah, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. What did you do? Yeah, but, 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 but what about them? Another big one, and I'll tell you, uh, I'll be real honest as I, as I always am on this show, and, and one that I work on often is, do you encourage and praise your family, friends, or coworkers, or, or do you tear them down? And, and I'll tell you right now, as I'm streaming on Facebook Live right now, boy, when you start to scroll Facebook lately, there's a lot of tearing down that's going on right now. Uh, one of my great friends that that I follow on Facebook is Jeff Savage. I love that guy. And in he had a, a very poignant post on Facebook not too long ago that said, could we just make Facebook fun again? Because it sure has gotten just nasty and ugly in, in the political climate and everything that's going on right now. And it seems just to be everybody tearing each other down for their own personal beliefs versus the encouragement and praise and everything else that, that has been going on. When, when life doesn't go your way, do you play victim or victor, Right. These are all questions that people have to, to start to ask themselves to become introspective to start to decide where that accountability line starts to, to need to be drawn. Now, one I, I struggled with early in my career, and, and I absolutely know the, the day. I, I mean, I can tell you the day where the, the, the switch flipped for me, but where it says, which matters most, others' opinion of me or my opinion of me? And we're going to talk about, in, in the segments to come, where personal accountability comes into play and how to deal with these questions. But I just wanted to get these questions on the table right now just to set the stage, right? Just to set the stage of where we're going, right? Because when you start to look at things like how often do I complain versus often, you know, offer constructive ideas or, you know, how much do I waste energy trying to change others instead of really focusing on myself – these things start to become this wake-up call. And it's amazing as you start these personal journeys and, and you start to kind of pull this string. And, and, and you've, if anybody who's been following the show and, and listening to the show and all of these coaches that I've brought on, all these motivating factors and people that we've brought onto the show, 
And then once you start to pull this string of, of personal development and personal learning and, and accountability, the more that you figure out, the more that you know, the more you realize you don't know, and it can become a scary thing, but it, it becomes a life-evolving and a life-changing thing of every situation you look at it and go, you know, I, 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 can, I can tell you, man, I, there was a point that when I landed in Birmingham, Alabama, I mean, I had no family, you know, no friends around me. I barely had a job, had no car, had no nothing, and, and sat around and, and just said, you know, why does the world hate me? Why, why, does, why does all this happen to me? And, and when you have that defeatist attitude, when you have that whole thing, you know, against you, my, you know, my quote that my mom used to always say is, you know, when it seems like the whole world seems to have a problem with you, maybe it's not the whole world that has the problem. Maybe the problem itself is you. And, you know, that's a hard thing to hear, especially, you know, when you're 22, 23 years old and you think you know everything. And, and you know, and I'm meeting a lot of 15, 16, 17 year olds right now that I'm working with who think they've got their whole lives mapped out and figured out and they don't need to hear anything. They don't need to know anything. But when you start to get into this whole personal accountability journey and understand what it means to be personally accountable, and, and not only that, but we'll transfer that into the business world too, and what does it mean to be accountable in the workplace, it, it's once you recognize what the word means and once you recognize what it means to be accountable to yourself first and then to family and then to you know the people that, that depend on you, that is one of the most eye-opening and life-affirming things that could ever occur to you, can ever occur to you. But I, I can promise you, you can't be accountable to anything, to anybody, to anything, and you can't have any worth at all until you're accountable to yourself first. Until you can deal with the things that you, you – I've not met anybody worth their weight in salt that can't be – if you're not accountable to yourself and to your beliefs first, people will see right through that. People will see right through that. So those are some of the questions that we're going to throw on the table, and then we're going to attempt to, to talk about why they're important and what we should do about it. And that's what we're discussing here today on the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. We'll be right back. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. 
Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Moore. So we're discussing accountability and personal accountability, not only personal, but then we'll, we'll transition that into the workplace. So we asked a lot of questions just about the definition of personal accountability and, and kind of where you fall on that spectrum. So let's talk about why it's really important um, and why it's important to, to do that to yourself. To, to make personal accountability choices for yourself. One of my favorite quotes came um, that, that we use all the time um, is it says, until you make the subconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. And that is one of the biggest things that kind of shook me when I started down this path of, of personal accountability and just not only that, but personal journeys for myself. And if you think about that, you you know a lot of the things that you do that self-sabotage. You know a lot of the things and choices that you make that hurt your growth and in, in the patterns that you do. And a lot of those things sit in your subconscious. And you, you just sit there. And, and for me, early in my career, I made a lot of what I call the career-limiting moves. And whether that was uh, – you know, just through my wit, I would do something or, or where I was being ultra aggressive and trying to move up the chain. I did several things that, you know, I would, I would be moving up the ladder and that would make a move and it would hurt my journey um, ultimately. And, you know, you just there and you go, why do I do that? Why do I make that decision? Why did that occur to me? And again, coming back to that accountability of why me? Why did that occur? And when I heard that quote, until you make the subconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. Part of this accountability journey and part of learning personal accountability is understanding and bringing that subconscious to the conscious mind. And so it's continually to choose consciously to take ownership and responsibility for your life. 
it's it's taking action and removing the blocks either through faulty thinking and excuses and holding yourself accountable first and foremost. So what I said right before the break that until you can take accountability for yourself and your actions, you can't really help others. And so for me to grow and for me to become the person that I needed to be for for me and for my wife and my my family and for me to attain what I needed to attain to be able to provide for my family, I had to take accountability for what I was doing wrong. And and there's multiple things. There's look, we're all imperfect people. And so for me to be able to grow and, and take control of my own personal journey, I had to become accountable and honest as to who I was and what I was doing. And so personal responsibility is a before the fact mindset of personal ownership and commitment to a, a result. It, it's it's basically becoming self-empowered um, and, and taking the actions and, and the risks, you know, that you need to in order to ensure that you achieve the results you desire. And so when you sit down and, and you start to decide, well, you know, for me, I wanted to open up my own business. I wanted to start our Square Consulting, and and I was blessed that you know on on Tuesday was our eight year anniversary uh, of that company, right? So we started year nine. So we've been in business for eight years, um, but but I had to take several actions, and with that, there was a tremendous amount of risk that comes with it that that we needed to take in order to ensure that we could achieve the result of of this company and, and continue to see it grow and, and prosper. Um, but with that. I had to be accountable for the results um, that, that come with that after the fact, which means in those eight years, there's been several successes and there's been tremendous failure. And there's been times we've been high and there's been times that we've been low. And, and I have to be willing to answer for the outcomes resulting for all of the choices and behaviors and actions that I've taken and run in this company. I am accountable for everything and, and, and it, that goes on with our squared. So I'm accountable for when we do great, but when when things went bad and, and they've gone bad and we, and we lose a client, I'm accountable. I can't turn around and say, well, we lost that client because this employee over here did a poor job. I can't say, um, well, it's not my fault that that we missed this deadline because you know employee B over here uh, didn't do their job. No, 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 no. If I if if I want to be Doing what I need to do to to make this thing happen. That's that's taking action. My job is to remove the blocks. That is a hundred percent accountability for both the good and the bad, the good and the bad that comes with this company, and th- and that's total accountability. So being accountable for your results requires an after the fact mindset of being being willing to answer for the outcomes resulting from your choices, behaviors, and actions. And that's what accountability means. That means, look, somebody else made a decision that I don't agree with in my company. I got to be accountable for that. But they've got to know I got their back. Now, I may deal with that person. You know, We may go into a room and discuss it, and that may not go well, right? But there is an accountability there. And that's what people don't understand. And so when I hear these people argue and when I watch people fight and they go, well, it's not my fault. Well, this person did this to me. It, you know, one of my favorite quotes to, to talk to my kids is, oh, that person made me so angry. 
look, man, nobody can make you. You you chose to be angry. That's cool. You you decided to become angry. That's fine. But they can't make you be angry. That's your choice. That was your thing. That was your decision to become angry. But they can't. Nobody can make you do anything, right? It, when, when we're seeing all this stuff fly around Facebook and people are flying off the handle at every possible comment that goes out there, and that's your choice to respond to that. But nobody can make you do anything. Nobody ma- that is a, There's a personal accountability to go, that doesn't bother me. There's a personal accountability there that says, eh, that's nothing. And there's a craziness that, that goes on that. But there's, look, why even care? Right? Why even care? But there's a number of benefits. A number of benefits to personal accountability. First of all, there's proven benefits in personal accountability that there's decreased stress. But I'll tell you one big thing is increased productivity, better time usage, increased job and relationship satisfaction. Okay? If 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 you lack personal accountability, the one big thing that you're going to do is procrastinate. And not only that, but if you spend your time worrying about everybody else and everything else, it will absolutely 100% waste your time. Without a doubt, it will waste your time. And it also makes you less satisfied and, and your relationships suffer. But when you're accountable and you own what's going on, then all you're worried about is what's the next thing, what's the next thing I've got to do? What do I knock out? What's going on? And so that what that does is it helps you keep focused in your work and your life and you absolutely know your path. You're charting your path, right? If you, if you know what you're up to and how much time you have, it's easier for you to say yes or no to, to the next thing that's coming in. You're, you can filter the noise, right? So you're not overcommitted, man. You're just filtering. The biggest thing is if you're accountable to what you say and you're accountable to what you do. So, for instance, going back to the example where if that person made a mistake, right, and I, I backed him 100%, and I had total accountability and backed him, right? That person's going to trust me, right? But if I threw that person under the bus, then there's no trust. What do you think that does to that relationship? Now, if we have trust, we're going to work well together. If we don't have trust, you know you've had that boss. You've had that boss that you don't trust. You've had that person that you don't trust. You have those relationships you don't trust, you know that that just absolutely erodes a working place, right? So there's a lot of benefits to having that personal accountability. But again, it starts with you. It starts where you're at. So the, the big thing is, is we've, ab- we, we've got to push. We've got to push and own our own stuff. But we can't make other people do it, right? You, the whole point of personal accountability is being personally accountable, it starts with that first word, personally accountable. So I've seen people that we've done, we've done this training to and that we work with organizations going, well, I'm being personally accountable. Are you being personally? It doesn't work that way either, right? It's a strange, strange thing, right? Just because we're personally accountable doesn't mean I can hold other people personally accountable. You can only be accountable to yourself. And so when we started with the whole No Day But Today uh, book, and, and as I wrote that, that, that whole point is making sure you understand who are you accountable to in your life and in your work, and how are you going to hold yourself accountable to those two pieces? 
Those are the big things, right? So that's that's kind of my soapbox on personal accountability. What I want to do is I'm going to pivot that when we come back from break. We're going to talk about what it means to be accountable at work and some of those benefits around you know workplace accountability and how that looks. And then we'll talk about some of the things I talk about uh, to executives when I'm talking to them about some of the systems that we put into place and some of the funny things that I hear when we talk about workplace accountability and how we measure some of those things. So we'll do that right after the break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. In our third segment, we've been talking about accountability, and I've been really harping on the personal accountability side, and I do want to pivot a little bit to the work accountability side. 
And so what we do at our Square Consulting quite a bit is we do work with organizations. And, and one of the biggest problems that almost every organization, every business that we encounter uh, deals with is they've got way too many projects, not enough people. And so when we meet with their, with their executives, uh, their executives always want to know, you know, what are my people doing? And so this is funny, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but it's it's funny to 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 work with companies. They all have the same problem, and and I deal with the same issue everywhere I go. So I'll meet with the executive, and they'll say, well, we've got too many projects, and we don't know what our people are doing, uh, and, and we want to do more. And then I meet with their people, and their people are like, we've got way too much work, and we've got to we're, – we're all working overtime, and we're trying to push some of this work off. And so there's a disconnect there. And so the, the number one way to solve that problem is to systematically show how much time we're spending doing our normal jobs and how much time we're spending doing projects and be able to balance that and show how much the employees are doing to the executives and then help the executives decide which projects are most important and try to limit the amount of projects they're selecting. But then you get into this weird accountability question. And when we're talking about this, you know, we then go to the people and say, look, we're going to start doing time tracking timesheets. And we've got a really cool system that we utilize. And it's a CA technology. And thank you for uh, CA being our number one sponsor. Um, the best system, I think, on the planet to do this is a technology called CAPPM or Project Portfolio Management. And so we've deployed CAPPM to, to hundreds and thousands of organizations. And so when we do this, we say, OK, everybody, we've created a really simple way. It takes about five minutes a week for you to track your time. And so then we can roll this data up and show executives what's going on and we can manage this work-life balance. And inevitably, every time you do that, you get the employees going, well, I I don't want to track time. It's like, yeah, but aren't you busy? Aren't you overworked? Aren't you really, really, uh, truly busy? And and we want to be able to show that to executives. And they go, yeah, but I don't don't want to track time. I mean, I got to say, how long is it going to take me to track my time? It's like, look, it'll take like five minutes a week. And inevitably, every time we do it, I get questions like, well, where do I track my time when I'm tracking my time? Uh, where do I track time when I go to the bathroom? You know, what, do, do I have to do this in 15 minutes? And, and like, it, it doesn't have to be that hard. It really doesn't. And so then I have this whole speech around accountability that I do. And it's funny because I'll bring one of the executives in and I'll go, I've never met an employee who is passionate about what they do, who really loves what they do for their company who's not afraid to tell me what they did for the week, especially the ones who are really putting passion into this company or really work hard. The only people who really complain about putting time in are the ones who aren't really pulling their fair share. Now, who's going to fill out their timesheets? <laughs> and it's so funny because you'll still get people who, who push against that. Now, from an executive standpoint, they always want to say, well, we don't believe in the time. And, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, gang, it's, it's the same thing. It's all around accountability. And so for the, everybody then starts to try to game the system because then the executives will say, well, we don't believe in the time because, you know, the people are going to lie on their timesheet. And I was like, look, not everybody's going to lie, but you're right. Maybe 5% of your company is going to lie when they do their timesheet. However, those are the same people that are lying to you right now. Those are the same people who are coming in late, running out of here early and saying that they're super busy and they can't get their job done. The problem is, is that now you have an accountability system to track that. So when they say that they did 40 hours, but that they didn't do 40 hours, you have an accountability thing in which we can deal with that from an HR perspective. 
But why are you afraid as an executive to hold them accountable? I don't get it. You already know you have an issue. That's why you need a system in order to help you pick your projects. The problem is, is you have an accountability issue in trying to hold your people accountable. And so it comes back to one of my favorite quotes from one of my mentors, John Maxwell, is that where culture will eat vision for lunch. You have this vision in which you can hold everybody accountable, but you have a culture in which you don't want to hold people accountable. So your culture of not wanting to hold people accountable will eat your vision of this beautifully autonomous organization of everybody doing the right thing for lunch. The problem is, is that your culture is killing your vision. So you want to be able to have this beautiful autonomous organization where everybody holds themselves accountable, yet you at the executive level are creating this this area where you're not holding each other accountable. So why do you expect everybody else to do so? And so accountability is essential, but it starts at the top. So coming back to my first segment with me. If I want R-squared to be accountable as an organization, I, as the leader of R-squared, have to be accountable to everything I do, which means if I want my people to work hard, then they need to be looking at me and see how I work. If I'm missing deadlines and I'm goofing off, guess what? I can't turn around and go, why are you missing deadlines and why are you goofing off and have any kind of credibility to, to that conversation? So... First, I've got to hold myself accountable to my own work ethic and what I'm doing. So when we start to do some of this stuff, we start to, to look at, at what the, the culture is of the organization. You absolutely 100% have to make accountability part of the culture. And so one of my favorite stories to talk about, and I can't name the company because they were privately held, but I watched this organization absolutely dominate, dominate a, 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 uh, a business structure um, in the worst economy, we're talking about 2006, 2007, 2008, uh, very bad economy for most of, of, of the United States. They were 150 employees. They grew to 10,000 employees. And we could tell you plus or minus 1% of their general ledger of what they spent in our system. And at one point, all they did was one segment of this industry, and they took over their three major competitors, and now they dominate the entire world in this specific industry. And the reason being is because they held every single person accountable, not only for the time that they spent on each project, but they held everybody accountable to make sure that they were only doing the right projects. And every month, we looked at everything that we were doing and making sure we were only working on the right stuff at the right time. And people say, well, you, you know, that, that, that's only a kind of a rare thing. No, it's not. It came with a culture of accountability from the executives down. And when somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do, it wasn't a dress down. It wasn't a, a punishment. It was just simply call, you know, calling them into the office and saying, look, this is what we expect. This is what the standard is here. If you work here, this is what we expect of you, man. Make sure that you're online. And that's all it takes. That's all it takes. And so... When people recognize that that's the way that you're going to lead, people fall in line. But it's that first time you let it slide. It's, it's the second time you let it slide that things start to come off, off the rails. So one of the number one ways, and, and it, it is study after study after study will show you, 
one of the number one ways that you can show accountability and prove the accountability in the culture of the workplace is to show the numbers. Showing numbers declares ownership. And, and every goal in which you set needs to be measurable and you need to measure it and show it. And it's a great way to demonstrate not only commitment to the result and communicate a clear expectation to other team members, but it, but it takes away the ambiguity. But also showing numbers creates some healthy workplace competition, right? So achieving goals and receiving recognition is a positive consequence of accountability. Missing a goal that's openly shared with the team has the effect of making us double down on the next period to do better. And, and, and really, thirdly, showing goals helps keep people focused on priorities. It's easy to get distracted by new projects and, and new things and shiny things. And if it's ambiguous, we don't know what we're doing. But by showing goals and, and keeping them measurable, it helps hold yourself accountable and helps others hold you accountable as well. And so that's one of the things that we put into No Day But Today was, was having what we call the accountability plan. That's why it's a chapter in the book. Is It's one thing to turn around and say, so for instance, I'll give you an example of, of what we're talking about. Like, So if somebody says, you know, I want to lose weight, it's not just, well, I want to lose weight. It's okay. And, and it's also, well, I don't want to lose, you know, I want to lose 100 pounds. It's not like that. It's It's, okay, 10 pounds a week, right? That's... That's something that, that you can look at or three pounds a week or one pound a week. But then turning around and, and eliciting that from somebody who's a stakeholder to you, so a spouse or a friend or something like that, and say, hey, you know, remind me every three weeks or so and ask me how I'm doing on that. And having an accountability plan with somebody so that you guys can talk to each other and see how things are going. And so then there's that that thing that's helping you drive or have a competitive you know nature to help drive you towards that goal. In the workplace, though, accountability becomes everybody's responsibility. Ownership is about taking responsibility and taking initiative, whether or not the responsibility is clearly yours. You know, when I look for people to, to hire at R Squared or anytime I, I looked at anybody that I was trying to hire, one of the biggest things I always looked for was restaurant experience, restaurant experience. And I'll explain that. First of all, you've got to learn to deal with a variety of people. But another thing was, you know, it, it was about how to pitch in, right? It, it was, it was, you know, uh, one of my favorite experiences. Um, there was a, uh, a guy by the name of Joe Aldridge. There was a, a server next to me. We used to have, we, we always wanted our sections next to each other. When I used to wait tables all the way back in the day at the Bennigans in, in Orlando on International Drive. But he and I had a competition where, um, to see who could bust each other's tables faster. If I could bust his tables before he could bust mine. And that was a, a standing competition that started to spread to some of the other servers um, that we worked with. And it just created this culture of accountability, but we had a lot of fun with it. Um, so we would like race to clear other people's stuff and to do other people's work. Um, that we technically weren't supposed, you know, it wasn't our job to do it, but it became fun. And through a small competition between me and another guy, we started to drive this work ethic between these other servers um, of who could do more for somebody else than we could do for ourselves. And doing things like that, um, basically, there, you know, it, it was clear in this diffusion of responsibility where a person is less likely to take responsibility for action or inaction without, when others are present. In, in something like that, you're driving this group mentality that says 
everybody's accountable for everything here. And it doesn't matter whose job it is, we're all going to knock this thing out. And building little competitive things like that and just having fun with it, those are when you build these group settings of accountability. And again, it's a culture. It's a culture that you build that really builds this group dynamic. One of my, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm going to save this last little story just about how you can build a team up and build a culture of accountability um, where teams don't even really know it's occurring. Um, and and they, they even sometimes think it's their idea. But um, when you take this culture of accountability and, and really build that as part of your team culture, what that really does to an organization and how that can uh, help achieve your vision. So we'll save that story for this last portion. We'll do that in the last segment. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. We'll be right back. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development, to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back for the final segment of the Work-Life Balance this Friday. Uh, So excited you guys have come along for this journey. We've been talking about accountability. We talked a lot about personal accountability. Then we transitioned into workplace. 
And so I wanted to leave on this final story. Uh, when I built the PMO at the bank, you know, there's a lot of ways you can introduce accountability or build a, a camaraderie of accountability and your team not even know it. And so one of the things that we wanted to do at the bank in, in building the PMO is get the group uh, to start to reward each other for things that uh, that they may not have been aware of or just for helping each other. And so uh, inspired by you know a great friend of mine, Wayne Brady, uh, who at the time was on a, a show called Whose Line Is It Anyway?, uh, you know, they had the show of, you know, all the points are made up or all the, yeah, all the points are made up and the points really don't matter. And so what I decided to do is in our weekly team meetings, I wanted each person to go around the room and assign points to the other person for things that they had done to uh, help that, you know, each other. And so essentially, you know, one of the project managers would say, well, you know, I assign 10,000 points to this person because they helped me finish this project charter. I give 20,000 points to this person because they helped me organize this meeting. And this person helped me get this document out. And, and what that created was so that they would have something to say in the team meeting, they had to search and look and help and find positive things to say about each other in every team meeting. So it created this culture of, of accountability, but it really team members. And what ended up happening is they just became a very, very solid team. And they were going to lunch with each other. Um, they were hanging out all the time. And, you know, part of it, they, they felt like, you know, wow, we just all really get along and, and we're just great friends. And they, a lot of them are still great friends today. But part of that is by design. Part of that is because they sought out the good in each other every week. Every week they had to watch for the good things that each other did um, and try to reward each other every week versus, well, I don't like her because she, oh, I can't stand him because he, you know. They had to constantly try to find things to reward each other because it was a requirement of mine that they did so every week. And, you know, it, it just kind of blossomed and, and took on a thing of its own. And so we all put $10 into a pot um, every month. And then whoever had the most points at the end of the month got to decide what we did with the money, but it had to benefit everybody within the team. And, and that kind of took a life of its own as well. So there's ways that you can design um, kind of ideas and team building and things like that, that, that bring that culture of accountability and bring that way to help each other you know, become better and to become a, a better team. But again, it all starts with that personal accountability. So if you find yourself, you know, sitting there and blaming other people, or if you find yourself procrastinating, if you find yourself struggling with, you know, the whole why me piece, a lot of that has to do with that personal accountability. So to finish with the quote again, right, until you bring that subconscious to your conscious mind, it will rule your world and you will call it fate. Let that sink in and let that be kind of that driving force to that word of accountability and let that accountability come into the personal life. Let it infect your work life. Let it drive really the change that is important because until you can become accountable to yourself, then you know you can't really impact the others around you. And that's the message that we wanted to send out today in the work-life balance. 
Coming up next week, like I said, we have a fantastic, fantastic set of guests that's coming. We've got Jennifer Rock and Michael Voss that's going to be uh, on the show with us. Uh, they've written a book called BS Incorporated. So if anybody are fans of The Office or the movie Office Space, uh, you're going to absolutely love these guests. So they've compiled a book called BS Incorporated. And really, this is just a, a feel-good story about people finding themselves and coming into their own while simultaneously skewering every aspect of life in corporate America. It's a very funny, insightful, heartfelt book uh, that anyone in the business world will get a huge kick out of. Uh, so we're really just going to kind of take a step back and, and have a lot of fun with these guests. And they're going to be on our show next week on the Work-Life Balance uh, we've got some fantastic guests coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. We're going to be doing a show uh, potentially live from the John Maxwell event there in Orlando coming up in March. So stay tuned for that. Uh, again, we'll be in Nashville next week. Uh, we've got uh, some events coming up in uh, Tampa, in South Carolina. We'll be in Des Moines, Iowa. We'll be in Chicago. Uh, got another event coming up in North Carolina. So stay tuned for all of those dates. Go to Amazon.com. Get your copy of No Day But Today. Also, the new companion guides are out. So the companion guides, uh, we have a blank one, which has just got some blank calendar behind it, or the 2017 guided calendar. Uh, so that is a companion guide that goes with No Day But Today to help do the exercises that are along with the book. Uh, you can find that at rickamorris.com or on amazon.com. Again, blessed by all the listeners and everybody around with us uh, that helped drive that to number one on Amazon. Uh, and so, so many more things coming with that. We've got a, a national book tour that we're going to be kicking off in the summer for that, uh, not only in 2017, but plans are already underway in 2018 for that. Uh, so we couldn't be more blessed uh, around that success of, of that book. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Rick A. Morris. You can hit us in Facebook with Rick A. Morris uh, or hit me up on rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. And uh, for that, we're going to end this edition of the Work-Life Balance. Love you all. Talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.